0: Good morning. Uh, Man, so excited to be here this morning with you guys, so excited to see what God's going to do, what God's already doing. Uh, Hope you guys see that. There's been like a transformation in this place in the last three weeks. I don't know if you've noticed or not, but man, I believe that. Um, I believe that. Um, We've been praying and kind of wrapping our hearts around the idea that if we don't hold back, we maybe can just see what God will do that if we give everything and we we just trust in him and leverage everything kind of in that trust that we would see what God will do and man aren't we seeing just a glimpse of what God is willing to do just a glimpse this is not the sum total of what God's willing to do I just want you to know that like it's great worship's great uh, raising hands is great shouting's great but man there is more there is more and I'm not praying that we'll have better worship gatherings, which is amazing. I'm praying that God will rescue Amen. those that are far, those that are lost, those that are dead, those that are in darkness. I'm praying God will rescue them, and we'll have a part in that. And I believe that is starting to just kind of well up in this place. Amen? Amen. And. um A couple weeks ago, we started this series called Don't Hold Back, and I believe, unless um, God changes my mind, that this is going to be the last week of that series, but it's not the last week of that thought. Um, A couple weeks ago, we started a series called Don't Hold Back, and it was all framed around Isaiah 54, and if you weren't here, or you've maybe not been here, I'll just catch you up really quick. Isaiah 54 um, is kind of a, a chapter where we see the people of Israel coming back out of captivity, that's kind of even hard to think about, right? These are God's people. These are the people that God called out among the nations for himself. There was a whole world full of people, and God picked them, and he called them out for himself, and he would be their God, and they would be his people. There was a covenant there. This is the people that God rescued out of slavery in Egypt, like the most powerful Mecca on the planet of <laughs> civilization at the, at the time. Like God rescued his people out of Egypt, and he led them through a sea. Isn't that crazy? Like, wouldn't you love to see that if we could just walk out to the, even even the lake this morning, right? And just, when the the waters peel back, wouldn't you love to see that? And that, like, literally happened. And it says the people walked through on dry ground, not muddy, murky, nasty ground. They walked through the bottom of a sea, and they didn't get dirty. That's pretty amazing. Uh, They walked through on dry ground. And then that very army that had them in captivity, that army that uh, used to oppress them, came through after them, and God just closed up the sea, and God defeated the enemy, and the people of Israel never even had to lift a finger, right? Isn't that amazing? And for the next little while, God led the people around in the wilderness, uh, which sounds horrible, but he did it in, pretty, in a pretty amazing way. Uh, he, he did it with a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire Why not? That's like the best GPS ever in the world, right? Like, if you were going to work with that in the morning, that would be pretty, you'd be excited to get up. You get up, you get in the car, and then just poof, this pillar of cloud shows up, and you just follow that guy down the interstate. That's pretty amazing. And I just want you to know, the people of Israel weren't the only people that saw that. And the whole nations were talking about their God. It wasn't, man, can you believe how the Israelites left Egypt? That's crazy man, they just they walked through the bottom of the sea. That's nuts. And then they just they wandered around the desert for a really long time. That's also nuts. They were saying, man, can you believe what their God did? They were a people that were known, not by their talents and their abilities, and they had those, but by their God. It's amazing. And then they walked into this promised land, took over this area of land that God, years and years and years ago, told them it was going to be theirs. And over time, they turned away from this God, turned away from this God to to worship other gods, to worship other idols, gods that had maybe stone hands and stone feet but couldn't do anything. And God showed them uh, what exactly those gods could do for them, and he allowed them to be carried off into captivity in Babylon and then when they got there, they cried out to their God, and God did this amazing thing. Even in their stupidity, he rescued them. Isn't that amazing? is didn't stuck with our bad decisions. God rescued them anyway. And he brought them out of Babylon, out of captivity a second time, if, as if once wasn't enough. And this is the moment where they're marching back into Israel, they're walking back in not as this mighty nation, um, but but as a remnant. And they're going back in not to this beautiful promised land, this land flowing with milk and honey, but they're going back into just a, a desolate, mere image of what they had left. Jerusalem in ruins at this point. The temple, just a mere image of what it used to be. And you can imagine going back into that, right? thinking, man, what do we used to be? We used to, we used to have a future. We used to have a hope. We used to be this mighty nation. We used to be this amazing people of God, and now look at us. And they're carrying the sin and the shame and the guilt of that captivity back into that moment. And in that moment, Isaiah 54 happens. Right after, by the way, Isaiah 53, a picture, clear picture of Jesus. Comes this moment in Isaiah 54. And Isaiah addresses them, barren woman, this desolate people, but he says, rejoice. And then he tells them this crazy thing. He says, stretch out your tents, expand your ropes, drive your pegs deep, and do not hold back. Can you imagine hearing that as a desolate people, people coming back out of captivity? You'd look at that, and you'd be like, that's the craziest thing I ever heard. I don't need a bigger tent. There's not that many of us. Thank you, Isaiah. God says, do this, right? Stretch out your tents, stretch out your ropes, drive your pegs deep, don't hold back. And then he, he says, because you are about to see God do something that you cannot do. Amen. Amen. You're about to see God do a thing, right? And we decided in that moment, man, this is, we're going to wrap our church around this year, this thought that if we don't hold back and we stretch out our ropes and we, and we stretch out our tents and we drive our pegs deep, we dig in because there's going to be some resistance, Right? we won't run and we don't hold back that man at the end of this year we're going to be standing around with our jaws wide open and we're going to be like man what did he just do man that's so important what did he just do not what did we just do because in reality all we did was all we did was get on board right That's what we've been talking about the past few weeks, but not in the context of this building, because, man, I believe God's going to do a thing in here. It's going to be miraculous. and People are going to be like, how in the world did those people see that happen? And the only answer is going to be God, that we could be a people identified by our God. Man, wouldn't that be amazing? But I can't believe that for us if I don't believe that for you. If I don't believe that this could be a year that God could do something in you, that man, at the end of the year, you'll be standing around thinking, I have no idea how I got through that. I have no idea. Because it's not by my power and my strength and my ability that I got out of that hole, out of that battle. It's only by the name of Jesus. So the past few weeks, we've talked about what that kind of looks like, not holding back, and it's that we would love our word. And I hope that's something we're pouring into. If you're not reading this, you're missing the biggest blessing ever. Like on the planet, this is the very heartbeat of God for you, and it's on a page. And it's not like God's out there distant from you. He wants to be personal to you, and this is how this happens. We would love our word, that we would love his plan. We sang last week, you're perfect in all your ways, even the ways we don't like, right? (laughs) We would love his plan, that we would love our story that God rescued us, we would love that, that we would be faithful in the waiting. And this morning, we're going to talk about that very thing in Joshua chapter 6. Kind of funny, we did not plan that. Um, Can we just pray over, over this word for a second? Father God, this morning we just pray, um, Jesus, that you would do exactly what you want to do, God, that you would open our hearts to your word, that you would open our ears to your word, our eyes to your word, that we could see and hear and feel you doing something in this place, in this moment. God, I'm going to lay down my abilities this morning because I don't really have any. I'm going to lay down my charisma this morning and what I studied this morning. I'm going to lay all that down that's all on the table and you can take whatever you want off. If all I'm supposed to do this morning is just read this word, God, it would be enough. So God, this morning, whatever you want to say, whatever you want to do, God, just do it. God, we trust you and we love you. It's your name, Jesus, we pray, amen. Um, We're going to read Joshua chapter 6 together in just a moment, but I'm I'm just going to give you some background of what's happened up to this point. Um, joshua chapter six didn 't just get dropped in the Bible just right there in in outside of the context and it 's a story and if you don 't know the story you 're going to miss something this morning so we 've already talked about how God rescued his people right out of Egypt. He brought them out of Egypt and he led them through the Red Sea and they, they come to the promised Land, and they wouldn 't go into the promised Land by the way sent spies in we can 't do it we can 't do it we just 're just going go we 're just going to go wander around for a while. <laughs> And because of their, um, I'm trying to think of the word, because of their um, unwillingness to follow the promise of God, God allowed that whole generation of people to die out in the wilderness. Man, that's scary, isn't it? Mm -hmm. That, That we could be the church, or maybe we're coming out of, hopefully coming out of the church, that God's given us this promise. And if we don't follow it, then, then we could all just die out in the wilderness. Yeah. And that's scary. Yeah. And this whole generation, aside from three guys, which would become two guys, just died in the wilderness, right? Forty years, wandered around a small little area. Not Imagine walking just around the block a couple times for 40 years, and that's basically what happened here. And then finally, 40 years later, God says, All right, um, you're ready to go into the promised land now. Moses dies. He passes his mantle on to Joshua, this man we're going to read about here in just a moment. They cross over yet again uh, through dry ground over the Jordan River. They walk over into the promised land for the first time. They are circumcised to renew this picture of this covenant they have with God. They eat the Passover feast, a celebration of what God had done over in Egypt. And then it looks like everything would be awesome right then, doesn't it? Man, we just got into the promised land. We're in a land flowing of milk and honey. It's going to be amazing. Like, here's the promises of God. And then they wander up on Jericho. Just a couple steps in, really. They look at Jericho, and that's the moment we're kind of dropping in the story. It says, now Jericho was strongly fortified because of the Israelites. No one was leaving or entering. This is the city they walk up on. They walk up on Jericho, and Jericho is known for its walls. They like have a song. About it. I couldn't sing it for you, but they have a song about it. Um, and there's these thick walls around Jericho, and if that wasn't enough, now they've barred the gates, right? They see this massive group of people coming into the promised land and there's some, there's some warriors in there and, and they see this and they notice this so they shut the gates and they bar the gates. And, and what you notice is pretty quickly that there's not really a good way to get into Jericho. We just got into the promised land and already here comes a battle, right? Right? And you're looking at that, and you're like, man, God, that oh, I didn't, didn't see that coming. There was like a promised land, land full of milk and honey. It's going to be amazing, and it was all supposed to be okay, and yet here is a battle. And I just want to say, some of you guys, you, you, you got saved a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago, maybe a couple years ago, and you keep running up on these battles, and you're like, there's no way this is supposed to be a thing. There's no way this is a possibility. And it's like, man, it's always been the possibility, right? There's always battles. There's, there's always battles to be fought, even in the promised land, right? So they walk over, and then they come upon Jericho, and immediately their eyes turn to the reasons there's no way we're getting in that city. I turn around, Joshua, have you seen those walls, man? That's, that's crazy. Never seen a wall like that. In the wilderness, there are no walls like that. Like We've been wandering around for 40 years. We get into the promised land. It's supposed to be awesome. We're supposed to have this land. God promised us this land, and then we walk in. And the problem is there are already people in the land. And we walk up and we see the city and we see the the, the gates are shut and we're like, okay, sneak attack over. That's not going to work. And this is not some little piddly city with like a little wooden wall around it where you just throw a fire to it. Like this is mud, brick, mortar walls and they are thick and the gates are shut and I don't know what's going on there. Immediately they'll walk in and they see, man, there's already an obstacle, right? Joshua even thinks it's a good idea to write about it. And then in... Verse 2, uh, I love this. Um, the Lord said to Joshua, look. Now, he was already looking, right? <laughs> we are already noticing the wall, so that's obviously not what God's saying to him here. He's not saying, look, as in focus your eyes. He's saying, look, as in focus your attention. Remember. Pay attention. I have handed Jericho its king and its fighting men over to you. This is, this is the word of God. He said... Joshua, what are you worried about? Yes, the walls are thick. Great. Amazing, right? Yes, there are people in the walls, and those people have weapons. That's that's great. That's amazing. But I already decided I was going to give you Jericho. You can flip back to Joshua 1, like we looked at earlier, which wasn't planned. And God even says in Joshua 1... um. I have given you every place where the sole of your foot treads, just as I promised Moses. This is what God says to him, everywhere your foot steps, I'm going to give you. And then God here reminds him of that, and he said, I've already decided I'm going to give you Jericho, like that's done, that's a done deal. I've already decided I'm going to give you the king, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to get that taken care of, and the fighting men, I've already decided I'm going to do all this stuff. And what God is saying is, what are you worried about? focus, man, focus. Let's pay attention for a second. Uh, Yes, there are walls, and yes, there are gates, and yes, there are people, but the battle's already been decided. I've already decided that it's all yours. I've already given it to you, so remember that. Now, at this point in time, if this was us in the story, you'd be like, all right, grab my shield, grab my sword, and I'm going to run into the city, right? If that's God, that's what you've decided, that's the thing, I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to go in. You already said it. You promised it to me, so I'm going to go and I'm going to take it. It's going to be an amazing day. And then at the end of the day, they're going to be like, man, look what Joshua did. But that's unfortunately for Joshua, not the plan of God, right? So God lays out this plan in the next few verses, and he says, march around the city with all the men of war. This is... Where God starts his plan and you hear that and you're like okay that kind of makes sense right like we can get in battle formation we can just maybe take a once around the city and it'll be amazing and we'll just look and see like if there's anywhere that's maybe not fortified so well or maybe like a crack in the wall maybe this is like a espionage thing we're gonna or maybe like we're just trying to demoralize them like here comes the army and we're just gonna show them how big we are so we're just gonna walk around the wall and that sounds amazing right unfortunately God has more plan um he says, circle the city one time and then do this for six days. Hold on. I was good with once, right? Like one time around the city, recon mission, just checking it out. Like we're going to scout out a little bit, see what the best way to get in here is. Does that make sense? Why do you want me to do it for six days? That sounds ridiculous. Like we're here. You gave it to us. Let's go on in, right? So we're going to scout it out a lot. Are you going to, what are you, you going to do there? Um, then he goes on and he He's like, have seven priests carry seven ram's horns trumpets in front of the ark. And now you're like, but I thought we were going to battle. Now we're going to have a revival. This doesn't, I don't, I'm not getting your plan here, God. We were going to walk around once, and now we're walking around six times. And now you want me to take the church with me? Like, we're going to take the worship band. We're taking Tomlin out with his guitar, strumming around. and taking, like, we're going for, I, I thought we were doing a battle, not a revival. This is okay. So that's the plan of God, kind of. And then he says, um, But on the seventh day, I want you to march around the city seven times while the priests blow the trumpets. Okay. Um, and he says, In five, when there is a prolonged blast of the horn and you hear its sound, have all the people give a mighty shout. Then the city wall will collapse. And the people will advance, each man straight ahead. You're like, what? Hold on. So I, I gotta get up in the morning for six days and get all these men together. This is not a, a small undertaking, by the way. We're talking about a lot of men. We gotta get all dressed up for battle. We gotta put on our battle clothes. We gotta get our weapons. We gotta get the priest and the ark. And then we got to march around the city, and we're just going to go back to camp, take all that off, hang out for a little while, go to bed, wake up early the next morning, do six days of that. <coughs> and then on the seventh day, we're, we're going to get up, and we're going to put all that stuff on, and we're going to do it seven times. And then the priests are going to blow their trumpet a long time, and then we're going to shout, and then the walls they're going to fall over what? Because that, that doesn't seem to make sense, does it? Actually, that seems like a crazy plan. Like, if that's militarily, that makes zero sense, not actually a plan. Trumpets and shouting, that's how we're going to do the ba- battle of Jericho. See, if God you had told me, uh, you're going to sharpen up your swords, and in the dead of night, you're going to wake up, and you're going to throw a little hook over the wall, and you're going to climb up, and you're going to go over, and you're do your thing and then the city's ours like that makes sense to me or uh, the wind's going to blow and a crack in the wall's going to form and we're going to run through like that that makes sense to me but the fact that you've told me now that I have to get up and do something for six days and then on the seventh day we're going to do it seven times and then just trumpets and shout and then the walls are going to fall down we're just going to run in the city's ours that doesn't actually make a whole lot of sense to me actually you can look at that and you be like that seems like a waste of time right God, we've got a whole lot of cities in the promised land. I don't know if you know this. Jericho, we're just on the border right now. Jericho's like a little, it's a big city, but a little it's a little piece of. And we're going to waste seven days on Jericho. I don't know if you know this, God, but it takes like maybe ten minutes to walk around the city. I can get there so we've got to get all this battle stuff ready and then around the city for 10 minutes and then we're going to go back to the, it's going to take us longer to put the armor on and get everybody in line to, than to march the parade that doesn't I don't, I don't get that. that that's where my brain would immediately go with the plan right God, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be some other way. There's got, this, is a, this is kind of a waste. Like six days, like we've been walking in the wilderness for 40 days, get in the promised land. You confront us with a battle, which I'm not really okay with because now we've got to do something. And It's just supposed to be the promised land, and promised land doesn't seem like battle land. That doesn't seem like that would go together. And now I get to the promised land, and there's walls, and I've got to do the thing around the walls, and that's seven days of time that we could be like moving up and doing the thing because if you said I could have everywhere my foot hits the ground, I want to go put my foot on the ground. You all know, look at me like I'm a sinner because I think that way. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to let you know I'm calling your bluff. You think that way. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Got to get with it. Like, chop, chop. Like, get the plan done. We need the plan now today. We need, to, we need to do the thing. The battle's here. I see the battle. I can think of a way to fix the battle. And you give me this way to <laughs> fix the battle, and I don't really like your way. I want my way, right? right. I'll call your bluff. You think the same way. But Joshua doesn't. So Joshua does this weird thing. Um, This is in 6. So Joshua, the son of Nun, summoned the priest and said to them, he gets the priest together and he says, take up the Ark of the Covenant and have seven priests carry seven trumpets in front of the Ark of the Lord. He gets the priest together and he's like, hey, I'm going to give you this tiny piece of the plan. I want you to go get the ark. That's going to be some of you. And then I want seven of you to grab your trumpets and just go get line. You're you're going to take the ark around the city today. And then it says in seven, he said to the people, move forward, march around the city, and have the armed troops go ahead of the ark of the Lord. He looks at the people and he's like, hey, I'm, I'm going to give you your part of the plan. You, don't worry about the priest. You don't need to know that. That's, that's for them. I'm going to give you your part of the plan. Um, you're going to get all your stuff ready, and then you're going to go get in line, and we're, we're going to march around the city. Isn't it crazy? He didn't say, we're going to march around the city for six days, and on the seventh day, we're going to go around a bunch. Of, he gives them this little bitty snippet of the plan. He's like, priest, grab the ark, get some trumpets, and get in line. That's all you need to know, right? And he looks at the people, and he's like, hey, get your stuff, and just, just get ready, and we're going to mar- go around the city. It's going to be amazing. I'll, I'll get in the front, and we'll just take it around, right? And on day one, you can be like, man, the people are going to be about this because we just got in the promised land, and God's given us the promised land. And day one, walking around the city, it's like, man, that makes so much sense to me. Let's get everybody together and let's just show off. Let's just and we're going to posture a little bit today. We're just going to we're going to get in line and I'm going to get my I'm going to make my mean face and do that thing. I'm going to stare him down the whole way around. But I'm looking for a hole. I'm looking for a way. And then when he says it, we're just going to we're going to go for it. And day one, man, that's that's a great plan. All ten minutes and then we're going to take a nap. Eight, it says, after Joshua had spoken to the people, seven priests carrying seven trumpets before the Lord moved forward and blew the trumpets. The ark of the Lord's covenant followed them. While the trumpets were blowing, the armed troops were in front of the priest who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard went behind them. You can put all that together in your brain later. Um, But Joshua had commanded the people, do not shout or let your voice be heard. Don't let one word come out of your mouth. Until the time I say, shout, then you are to shout. So the ark of the Lord was carried around the city, circling it once, then returning to the camp, and they spent the night there. This is what Joshua told the people. We're going to get in line, the priests are going to blow the trumpets the whole way around, we're going to carry the ark, and don't say a word until I yell, shout. they're waiting for the trumpets, right? They're like, man, let's call the battle. Let's do this thing. And we're walking around the city and we're walking around the city and we're walking around the city. We're not even talking about walking around the city, which is maybe awkward. We're just marching around the city. And you can imagine in that moment, like the people in the city, right? This is weird because this massive army is walking around your little 10-minute wide city. Nobody's saying anything. And the people in the city the first day are probably like, this is nuts. We're going down. And people are the people of God. They are here because God, they're not saying, they're confident. They're not even chatting it up. They're not saying anything. So there's this big mass of people just clank, 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 clank around the city. Then they go home. The people in the city are probably super confused. Like, I don't know what just happened. The 10-minute tour of Jericho and then back to their thing. And I thought we were going to die and we're not. Maybe they realized our walls were too thick. And the people that were waiting on the shout that never heard one, the Israelites, are probably thinking, well, man, that was a waste of time. Gets them up the next morning. Let's do it again. This is the day, right? This is the day. Yesterday was the recon. This is the day we're going to battle. Tells them the same thing. They're going to blow the trumpets. You don't say a thing. When you hear me say shout, I want everybody to shout. Day two, clank, 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 clank around the city. And they go home. You can imagine day three of this. We're not thinking, man, it's going to happen today. We're thinking... Are we seriously doing this again? The people in the city are now thinking, what are these crazy people doing? They just walk. So on day three, maybe they're already thinking, are we doing this again? And the people on the walls are shouting, can't get in, can you? Like heckling them, can you imagine? Walls are too thick, go home. Same today as it was yesterday. Go back to your camp. And every day, you can imagine day four, five, six of this, the people are getting more and more disheartened, right? Mm -hmm. You're like, I don't know. I have no idea. You're just telling me stuff. You go try it. I'm giving you the battle. I'm giving you the battle. I'm giving you the battle. God says this, and you're waiting, and you're like, well, then give me the battle. I'm giving you the battle. Sweet, Monday, it's going to be here, right? (laughs) And Monday, it doesn't happen. I'm giving you the battle. Tuesday, man, it's going to be here and tuesday it doesn't happen what happens to you i'm just waiting for something if you just say something it'd be it'd be great and then the people on the walls kind of agitating the situation you can't get in. You can't win this. It's a battle you can't take. You can't do it. You can't come in here. There's no way you're going to win. There's no way. Our gates are big. Our walls are big. You can't get in here, can you? You don't have anything. you got some spears. Come up and throw, chuck your spear at this wall. It's not going to do anything. You're not coming in. You're not going to be able to come in. Can you imagine that? You can't even say anything back. Enemy. <laughs> you can't even answer. You can't come in. Joshua. At least you just could have let us talk. But for 6 days just clank 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 around the city and nothing is happening. Every day, same thing, same routine, same same exact thing. I'm going to wake up, put my, You can imagine after a couple days of this some of the people would be thinking, I'm not even I don't even want to get up this morning. If this is what's going to be, I just want to sleep in. If this <laughs> this is what's going to be, I'm just going to stay, right? Why get up and put my armor on just to walk around the city and look at the walls that I can't get into? Why get up and walk around the city just to hear the people tell me that I can't beat them? It doesn't even make sense. And the people just get disheartened and more disheartened and more disheartened. Then on day seven... um, we get up and we do it and I'm just kind of ready to go back to the camp because again, I look like an idiot, right? Nothing. Seven days of this. It's like the Sabbath. I'm not supposed to be walking today. (laughs) And then Joshua says, let's take another lap. Why? Why? And we take another lap. We go to camp now, nothing happened. You can imagine, cynical, right? That, that's how I am, projecting a little bit. Third time around, let's take another lap. It's ridiculous. Fourth time, again, again, five, six, and seven times, right? We walk around, and every one of those times you're thinking, What is the point of this? Like, it's 10 minutes around every time. So now we've been walking around the city for like an hour, and we've done it for six days, and nothing happened. It seems like it's never going to happen. This is ridiculous, Joshua. There's no point in this, Joshua. There's no point. We can't get in those walls. There's no way we can get in to those walls. There's no way, like, my spear is going to do anything to that, and you're just going to make me walk around this stupid city over and over and over and over and over over again, and next Monday we may still be here, and next Friday we may still be here, and three weeks from now we may still be here because the walls are not going to fall down just because we're walking around the city that doesn't make any sense. Every time you walk around that city, you're confronted with the fact the walls are bigger than you. Every time you walk around that city, you're confronted with the fact, I don't have a way in. And even if by some miracle we attack the wall and we come against the wall all together at one time and we overwhelm them, how many people are going to die just trying to get into the wall? We have to take the whole promised land with the army we got. We don't have another 40 years to sit around and repopulate in Jericho to go take the next town. That's not a good plan, God. It's not, it doesn't even make sense militarily it doesn't make sense we could walk around the city and they could attack us because we're just walking around like they are they have the high ground that doesn't make sense they can throw things that can hit us it doesn't make sense this plan God does not make any sense so you can sympathize right when it's like man I wish I would have stayed home today Man, I wish I would have just never put on the armor and come out to battle today. We could have just—why couldn't we just sit in the camp for six days and binocular the city and just do it that way, God? Because it doesn't seem like anything is happening. You ever been there? You ever been there? You ever got that place where you're just kind of almost cynical with God? God, I prayed for this for how long now? Gonna, every time I come to you and you say, man, you hear, you say you answer, you say you do, you say you will, but you won't, you don't. You ever got there? I, every day I have to get up and I have to look at this wall and I have to stare at this wall and I have to know there's no way I can do anything about this wall and you've given me your plan and I hate your plan. I'll read your word, whatever. I read the word and you didn't reward just keep praying. Just keep asking. Right? Ask and you shall receive. That's the thing that you said. And I know it means keep asking. But I've been keeping asking and you're still not doing it. Been there? You'll get frustrated. Just keep going to church. I get there and I sing songs and hope comes and then I leave. And Monday, nothing changes. It can be amazing on Sunday. Like the fire can come down on Sunday and it can be the, the most amazing thing ever and I can feel like I'm face-to-face with Jesus. And then Monday, Monday happens and here I am stuck walking around the stupid city again. And I'm in the promised land and you said that when I come to know you, uh, people told me, man, it would be great. It would be amazing and it doesn't feel great. Because all I'm doing is walking around this city, walking around this battle, and I'm thinking of a million ways that I could do this better than you. I'm thinking of a million ways that I could do this thing, but I'm trying to trust in your thing, and I just don't like your thing. Because all I hear is the enemy saying, you can't come in here. There's nothing you can do. There's no way you can win. There's no way you can beat it. All I hear over and over and over and over again is this. You been there? I have. I've been to the point where I felt, man, God, you're not going to move. I'll, I'll be completely honest. I prayed God would let me be vulnerable this morning. I didn't know this was coming, but I'll say this. There were times last year from November to, to maybe even October to, to November, December area that I felt like leaving. There was about two or three Sundays that I was going to walk up on the stage and I was going to say, Peace out. Because the enemy had me so convinced it's never going to happen. I know God's given you a vision. I know God has said, man, that you're going to minister to thousands of people. I know God said that. I know God said that you're going to be in a vibrant church, and the church is actually going to be alive like the church we see in the Word of God, and there will be things that happen, and you will physically see what God is doing. You'll be able to see it and taste it and touch it. You will know it, but it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And then something would happen on Saturday and God would just, not God, but the, the enemy would just, see, see, told you, told you, just leave, just quit, and just be done. It's not going to happen. I've been there. I've, I've prayed here between the first and second song before. God, if I'm done, I'm done. Just tell me. And the devil almost had me convinced walk away. Can I just tell you why? I was so focused on the walls, I was so focused on the reasons that I could not. I could not realize the reasons that I could. God, I see the walls. I, I see the city. I see that the gates are barred. I see that there's an army there. I see that everything on the planet makes n- this seem impossible. But God, if you said, I could. then I choose to believe that voice. Can, can I just say that for us? Mm-hmm. God, if you said I could, then I choose to believe that voice. So some of you need to hear that this morning because there's something monumental in your life. And, and the enemy's telling you every reason in the world that God's not going to do something about it, and What God is saying is, I'm already doing something about it. So they march around the city time and time and time again for six days. And on the seventh day, they walk around the city seven times. And then finally, can you just imagine? You've heard the horns for seven days now, but there's something different just coming out of the horn this time, right? You I had to know anything about music. That's different. In that moment, you know, this is when I'm supposed to shout. This is when I'm supposed to celebrate, right? I don't even know why I'm supposed to celebrate. <laughs> I just know that I was told to. So they blow the horn, and these people start shouting. And in that moment, the walls that a minute ago were so thick, you could not get through, and the, and the people on the walls were saying, you can't come in here, go back to camp. Why are you walking around our city like crazy people? Just the wilderness is over there. Just go back into the wilderness. And at the moment of that shout, the walls fall But the walls don't just like topple over, they fall from the bottom up. It collapses in on itself, basically, is what happens. And when it does that, it it creates a ramp so they can walk straight into the city. God turned the walls that were keeping them out into the bridge that was getting them in. The whole time I'm looking at these walls, I'm like, God, this is the stupidest thing ever. There's no way I can get through these walls. I said, you don't need to get through these walls. I'm going to make these walls a beautiful thing. I'm going to turn these walls into a ramp. And you're just going to walk up into the city. It's yours. I told you it was yours, didn't I? You didn't lose a man. You didn't lose a thing. You didn't lose a person. You, didn't, you lost, what, seven days? And you got some exercise? Can I just say, the plan of God looked like a ridiculous plan, right? But seven days later, Joshua couldn't take credit for the battle. The, the men never got their swords out, right? They never charged the wall. The men couldn't take credit for the battle, The priest actually even couldn't take credit for the battle. There's only one person, one name that could take credit for the battle, and that was God's. Maybe sometimes God lets us go through these things and lets us just exhaust all our efforts and and try all these things so that at the end of the day, when we face the walls we've got a really good look at the obstacles and we when we've seen for certain there's nothing i can do about it when we've got to the place where we're so disheartened and we know for a fact man i can't lift a finger to get into that maybe that's the moment that god says you can't but i can you're right you actually can't get through the walls You're right, you actually cannot, you cannot win this battle. There's no way in the world that you can do it on your own. But can I just remind you of the one reason, the one really big reason that you can? Can can I remind you of the one really big reason that you're going to take the city, that the promised land is yours? Can I remind you of that? Because God said it was. It was. Because God said it was. That's amazing to me. I'll just be honest. The reason I was so frustrated is because I was trying to grow a church that I cannot grow. I can't take the blame because I can't take the credit, right? Right? I was trying to manufacture enough programs and things and to get enough people in line to do the thing that I thought was the thing. And then I remembered um, that God said, "Um, I will build my church. But you're going to love the church that I will build because the church that I will build, the gates of hell actually can't even prevail against it. That's That's in the word of God. Maybe the reason we see the gates of hell just collapsing and opening all over the church is because too many men have done the same thing that other men can do. See the truth is, men can build mega churches, but they can't build churches that the gates of hell can't prevail against. Amen. Men can build platforms and men can build trophies and images for themselves. Men can take credit and they can do things, and people can look at those men and be like, "Man, that's an amazing thing that you just done." But at the moment where God has to get all the credit and He has to get all the glory, that's the moment that the gates of hell cannot prevail. Amen. Can I just prophesy this over? us this morning, there are some of you in this place that are going through battles that you feel like, man, there's no way out of. There's some of you in this place that feel like, man, there's no way you can win. There's no way up out of this hole. There's no way up out of this thing. There's no way I can ever get there. And that's true if you're focused on the fighting because there is no way you can. But God did not call us to fight. God called us to faithfulness. Let me say that again. That did not hit you. God did not call us to fight. God called us to faithfulness. And what that means is, God, your plan may look ridiculous. Your plan may look like the dumbest thing that I've ever seen on the planet, but I do trust you. And that means on Monday, when I get up, I will be faithful. If you take the walls down or you don't, I'll be faithful. And Tuesday, when I wake up, if you take the walls down or you don't, I'll be faithful. This is where I am today, and I can't do a thing to change it but where I am, I will be faithful. Wednesday, I'm gonna do the same thing. I'm gonna be faithful. I'm gonna get up, I'm gonna put my armor on because this may be the day. It may also not be the day, but I'm gonna be faithful here. Thursday, I'm gonna be faithful. Friday, I'm gonna be faithful. If it takes me 40 years and seven days, I'm gonna be faithful. Some of you looked at that and you're like, but but the story says that it's seven days. Like at the beginning, God says it's going to be seven days. Do you realize that Joshua and another man, Caleb, were walking around for 40 years in the wilderness? And before that, they walked around for a while too. Maybe some of these guys, yeah, they waited seven days to get into the city and to see the promise. But there were people on board that for 40 years didn't even have a plan, right? I'm just going to get up and I'm going to follow that cloud. I'm going to get up and I'm going to follow that cloud. I'm going to do what God says to do because I believe at the end of the day, God said the promised land is yours and I'm going to anchor in that. So for 40 years, 365 days, for 40 years, they woke up and they were faithful. I don't want to even follow the cloud today, but I'm going to follow the cloud today. I don't even know the plan today. I'm going to just jump into the plan today. I don't, I don't even know what to do. I have no idea what to do. But I know that I can be faithful. Amen. I'm not going to read because I, I feel like you're going to bless me. I'm going to read because that's the plan. I'm going I'm to know about you because that's the plan. I'm not going to come to church because, because that's, I feel like you're going to bless me and give me some reward, give me some little cookie or some token. I'm not going to come for that. I'm going to come because I'm, I'm going to be faithful because I believe at the end of the day, you're going to do what you're going to say you're doing. So I'm going to pour in. And on the days when doubt comes and the enemy comes, he says, you can't get in, you can't get in, you can't get in, you can't get in. And you're like, oh, you're right, I cannot, but God can, so I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to plant here, I'm going to stay here, I'm going to stand here, and I'm going to do whatever he says to do today. Because he can. I don't have time to walk away because I'm being faithful. I don't have time to, to, to give up because I'm being faithful. I don't have time to listen to this and this and this and this and this today because I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to pour in. And at the end of the day, if that's 40 years or 40 years and seven days or whatever it turns out to be, I know that God can and will do what he says he's going to do. Amen. Some of you guys are going through stuff, and I don't know what all that stuff is, and I couldn't even imagine or begin to put down what all that stuff is. But I just want to say there are some battles in your life right now that God is going to fight if you'll be faithful. There's some walls that you will see come down if you'll be faithful. But here's how you don't do that. Faithfulness is not hiding from the walls. Faithfulness is not staying in the camp. Faithfulness is not taking up a chair and closing my eyes and pretending that everything is going to be okay. Faithfulness is coming face to face every day with obstacles. I see the walls. I know that I can't do anything about the walls. I'm blissfully aware that the walls are not in my control. I'm not hiding from them, but I'm going to stare them right eye to eye. I'm going to stare the obstacles right eye to eye, and I'm going to know at the end of the day when I get there to the moment where God delivers me in the battle, I'm going to know that it was by his hand and not my hand. I'm just going to be faithful. Some of you guys this morning need to step back into faithfulness or maybe even step into faithfulness. Faithfulness is not I pray to prayer and I'm coming to church. Faithfulness is I'm giving everything to him. What's that look like? It doesn't look like I'm just following things or tacking him on. We had the table last week. That's the first thing with me in control. That's not faithfulness. Faithfulness is God, we change spots. And you be in control. I'm going to follow your plan. I'm going to follow your way. I'm going to walk in your paths. I'm going to go your direction. Some of you need to step into that this morning. Some of you just need to this morning come back around this truth that God has already said the battle is yours. The word of God says in Romans eight eleven that the power that raised Jesus from the dead, that same power lives in us. Can I just say this morning, death is the only final enemy, Right? Everything else, man, it has some sway, it has some power, but death, like, it's permanent, right? You can't bring yourself back from death. Only one person can do that, and his name's Jesus. And if the resurrection power of Jesus lives in you, there's no enemy that can't be defeated this morning. The battle is ours, church. I believe that. Do You believe that? The battle is ours. Let's not focus on the fight. Let's just be faithful. Let's pray.